There are probably five things you can do to make parenting even more difficult. One of those things is to take God out of your parenting equation. You're listening to Parenting on Purpose with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J. And uh, chances are that if you're listening to this broadcast, maybe on uh, radio or you're podcasting it, that you're familiar with issues of faith. And we're a faith-based organization here at Sheridan House Mm -hmm. Family Ministries. So a lot of times when you go to church or you grew up going to church, you kind of think God is always part of your life. And yet maybe he's not as much part of your life as he should be. Well, I think what happens is, and we talked a little bit about subcontract parenting, what happens is we tend to subcontract out the parenting all the parenting. We're going to meet their needs. We're going to buy them new bicycles and take care of their teeth and do all these different things and get them a good education. And there's nothing wrong with those things. They just should be way down the list. Because what happens is I subcontract them out to a school I want them in. I subcontract them out to a sports program I want them in, a dance program, piano program, and a youth group that I want them in. And I'm hoping, you know, and I've actually, youth pastors have actually said to me that parents have come and said, are you going to teach them? When are you going to teach them about sex? You're kidding me, right? And so what we have to decide is there are, and and we've talked about this week, five things to make parenting more difficult. I mean, one thing is don't teach them respect for authority. Your parenting will be more difficult, and they won't reach the goal of being a godly adult. That's the goal. God knows the plan he has for them. That's the goal. Another one is don't prepare them to become adults. Keep them children all their lives. Baby them. Another one is bring your own issues into the parenting process. If you're a perfectionist, bring it in. It's going to make it so much more difficult. And then another one is, you know, let the culture dictate your parenting plan. The culture will busy you to death. But the number one thing, if you want to make parenting more difficult, is don't bring God into your home. Don't teach your children about Jesus. Just don't do it. So let's start off then, and maybe you're a Christian and your spouse is not. Mm. And you have that going on in your house and you're trying to find the balance. Maybe speak to the mom, let's put uh, in this case. She's a believer. She tries to go to church. Husband doesn't want to go. And how do I teach my kids about God in this situation? Well, I, I think the first thing we do is we have to have, and all of these things, we have to have a staff meeting. And let's say I'm not a believer and Rosemary is. And ironically, Rosemary led me to Christ on a college campus. I was not a believer when I met her. And the only reason I came to Christ probably is because she turned me down for a date, which blew me. I mean, who wouldn't want some of this? That totally blew me away. <laughs> And pursued her and pursued her and pursued her and finally went to church. I mean, I'm a ratcheted up guy and went to church and ended up coming to Christ. But I didn't know anything about a Christian home. Her dad's a pastor. Both grandfathers are pastors. And so I think if this is a wife here who's not a believer and says to her husband, you know, I know we're teaching them what to do, but we're not teaching them why. And I, I want to personally, and, and, and but I, I really need your permission on this. I want to personally teach them about God. Ah, fine. Have at it. Well, that means I want to do fam- I want to do devotions. I want to read the Bible with the children. Do you mind if I read it at breakfast to the children? No, have at it. I mean, if he loves his kids, he doesn't want to deny his kids anything unless he has some serious issues. I think one of the things we do with men, women do if they're not careful is they they castrate their man, and you have to be very very careful. You know, if she's a Christian husband, sometimes it's even harder because she'll say, "You need to be reading the Bible to our children, and you need to be the You're spiritual the priest of the you need to be the spiritual leader in our home." And fortunately, Rosemary didn't handle me like that. That would have been horrible. She said to me, you know, could we read the Bible to the kids at the breakfast table? I told them, I said, oh, it's awesome. And I, I literally said, you know, I know, your, I know your parents did that every morning. And in fact, wasn't it your mom who did it? And she suggests it wasn't mine. She's already smiling. She knows where I'm going. Then why don't you do it? And she said, I don't want to do that. I want them to see you as our leader. And there was something magical about that for me. I want them to see you as our leader. 
Because, wow, I want to kind of so be a leader. So that kind of well, stroked it, your it, pride a little. It, it, huh, uh, right? More than a little, yes. <laughs> and so I said, okay, I'm going to do this thing, but you got to help me. Rosemary, you got to help me. And so, you know, we started when Tori was two. And it wasn't at the table when Tori was two. It was sitting in the living room, and we're having our coffee, and she's got a little juice cup. And and I read the Bible to her, and, and then we read a fun little story. And Rosemary found these Christian stories, a series that you read to little, little kids. And not that she got it at two. She got nothing at two. But she got the part of who we are is this is what we do. And then we brought it to the breakfast table. And we actually got up a little earlier in the mornings for breakfast every morning. And I did it every morning, but Tuesday morning I left to do a men's Bible study, and she would read it. But I would sit, and I wouldn't kill them with it. They'd be eating. I'd open a Bible in a modern translation, and I we started in, in the Gospel of John. I think if I were to do it again, I'd start in the Gospel of Mark. But we started in the Gospel of John, and I'd read five or six verses. And there's a logical, you know, you can see, okay, this thought, ends here. I draw a line with a pencil, put the pencil in, close the Bible, and say, does anybody have any thoughts or comments on what I just read? And in 20 years, there was no thought or no comment from anybody. And Rosemary would rescue me a little bit, and we'd just talk, and it became part of them. And I didn't know till later the impact it had. My job is to plant the seed. God's job is to grow the seed. My job is just to plant the seed. And there would be times when we're driving to school where I could think of something from that passage that applies to life. And there were times when I'd come home and say, you know, that thing that we read this morning, let me tell you how I saw that. And I'd work hard and I'd stretch it pretty dramatically. I'm not sure it totally applies to that, but I wanted them to see this applies to your life so that later on when they're asking, can we do this? Can we do that? Well, what would the Bible say about that? And even when Tori was, Tori was brilliant, she said, well, that's not in the Bible that I can't wear that. And I'd say, well, let's talk about modesty. That's in the Bible. I wanted to bring them back because you can't teach people what to do if you don't teach them why. It's a great Nietzsche quote, first you know the why, then you know the what. I have to know the whys of life. Then I can apply the what I should or shouldn't do. And I wanted to teach them, I'm just their dad, he's their father. So you can count on the fact that, that if I don't place a, an understanding of God at the center of all our training, and I don't keep bringing them back to that, they're going to hit a college campus, and here's what they're going to do. They're going to run into issues that we didn't train them about. And they're going to run into issues that you've got to dig deep on the abortion issue into your scripture. The Christian, the whole Christian community was way behind on that. And they're going to come into different kinds of cloning issues. And they're, they're just going to come into stuff where I want them to know you got every answer you need in there, but sometimes the word cloning is not in your concordance. You've got to dig deeper. You've got to just not find pat little verses. You've got to know this word of God that he's bringing to you. And what if the parent says, well, I've tried the whole devotional thing, you know, and it, it's just, there's no results. I don't see how it's impacting the kids or myself. And it just is, it, I don't see it working. What well, would you I, say? I think we've got to decide why it's hard. It's hard because it's the right thing to do. It's hard to get them to take vitamins too. No child wakes up in the morning and says, I think it's time for me to go mm, to the, the dentist. The Flintstone ones are pretty good. Yeah, though, well, so. yeah, well anyway. that's because of your <laughs> sugar immaturity, personally, <laughs> yeah, you and my daughter. But anyway, I, 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 I have to know I'm doing this for God. I mean, it's the pastor who stands in the pulpit seeing no results, no results, no results. And you can get very discouraged if you're a results-oriented parent. It's do, do this because God has you do this. No, my children look like they're falling asleep and getting no results. But 20 years later, you know, both of them are serving the Lord and both their spouses are serving the Lord. And my, my daughter is an amazingly godly woman who writes our blog, and it's awesome. My son's a pastor of a church. You don't see results. But let me use a word here that's so important. They're children. 
there. What do I expect them to say? I think we actually do things expecting our children to applaud. I think, you know, and I think there were moments I got discouraged doing devotions and just reading and trying to figure it out. And I'd actually started reading it earlier first for me. Okay, Father in Heaven, I'm reading this passage. It's the next passage in the Bible. I have no clue what it means and trying to figure it out. I'd just spend 15 minutes and then come to the breakfast table and get up earlier and come to the breakfast table. But what happens is my children don't applaud at the end. My children don't say, praise God, Dad, that was unbelievable. They're children. They're not going to say that any more than, Dad, can I just say, I want to thank you for paying the FP&L bill. Thank you for paying for our electricity. I thank you for that. No, they're children. Why should I expect to get jacked and need encouragement out of boys for my children? Would it be nice? Yes. And will it come one day? It has now. It has now. But they're children. If I raise a child who doesn't grow up and become an adult who knows God, how much greater chance does he have of violating the marriage vow? How much greater chance does he have of marrying the wrong person? How much greater chance does he or she have of embezzling and stealing? The core of all the whys, W-H-Y, the why behind everything I do has to be my faith in God, my Father. I don't want my children to miss that. It's uh, interesting. My Both myself and my husband grew up in pastor's homes, kind of different. He's more from the Pentecostal background and Southern Baptist background. And so we grew up doing devotionals and all that. And we that's so ingrained in us. And we've kind of had to filter, okay, how how do we translate this to our kids too? Because I mean, that the devotional part was good. Conversations were good. But we also had these long lists of religious do's and don'ts that we are now adults saying, this really wasn't that important. And they made such a big deal out of this. And how do we navigate that as parents nowadays, too? Because so many of those even get fully tossed out of the window because we're so burned by some of the things that were considered sins. And we're like reading the Bible and wait, it doesn't say it's a sin. It says that's a sin. But, you know, when you start becoming so religious, it can get really sticky, too. And some parents who grew up like us with some of those topics, we almost not rebel, but we try to tone it down. So what would well, you say to us? Well, I, I think there's no, there's, there, there's no joy in religion. There's a joy in a relationship. And yes, my generation was the generation that just rebelled from everything in the 60s. Really, let me think through this and went too far. Your generation is the thinking generation. Your generation is so really help me with none of this is in the Bible that the do's and don'ts in the Bible. And so we have to come to a balance and we have to come to to a thinking. And I needed to be available to my children for them. Can I ask a question about that? And I needed to not get all whacked out. And I needed to be able to be advised by my high school children on a couple of issues. Dad, really, that show me that. Help me understand that. But then they also needed to know I'm doing the best I can. I may make mistakes. But I, I think it's healthy. I, I've reached a wonderful time with my kids where one of mine will challenge me on things that are kind of, this is what Christians do, really? Or this is what Christians don't do, really? Help me understand that. And it's been great. I want to raise thinkers. And I want them to not go back to religion to make decisions. I want them to go back to the Bible to make decisions. So there was there were a lot of debates we had that were great. And I had to make my Heavenly Father just just ecstatic. These two high school kids are coming at their dad with their Bibles open. Wow. And did they want to get their way? I don't know. End of the day, we're using the Bible to make decisions. That's all I want. Yes, I do think my generation, my wife grew up in a very fundamentalist home, Ari Torrey's line. And so there was a lot of rules, things you couldn't do. And this is going to, I mean, this will shock most people, but they couldn't dance. And there's dancing in the, really? Now, there's a difference between dancing and dancing. I get that. 
But I remember her saying that. And I remember my pastor taking me out when we had a square dance here at Sheridan House, a square dance. And my pastor, who I love, said, I'm concerned that you're having a square dance. And I said, really? Help me with that. I mean, and I said, Pastor, I got to say, I do more with my wife than square dance. Really? And he said, well, the word dance. And he grew up in a very fundamental home. And I said, are you telling me to cancel? He says, no, you don't work for me. And I said, but I'm under your authority. You're my pastor. And he said, "Uh, no, I just want you to think about it. And, you know, I went ahead that year and had the square dance. And I know some people use that against him trying to do other things. So we canceled the next year's square dance. But he was open to the discussion. And, and I guess and that's think, the key. Yeah, because I want to raise a thinker. If there's just hard rules and, well, this is the way it is, so just obey because I'm your parent, this is the way we're going to do things, then you're just instigating rebellion. Yeah, I, I don't want to give my children a God is the God of rules, 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 rules. No, God is the God of guidance. And there's some roll bars on these walls here that you don't want to get up against the roll bar and fall off the cliff. He's a God of guidance. And I wanted to also teach him, well, how come, you know, perfect example, because this guy now is an associate pastor with Roby. He came to me once, he was Roby's best friend in high school, and said, my parents let me date. I'm 14. Can I just ask you, I mean, there's my girlfriend's friend would like to go out with Roby. And he and, and this this man came to me. It was awesome as a child. I said, can I just ask you why Roby can't date yet? And I went through this, 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 this. And I said, it's not a matter of an age. It's a matter of responsibility. It's not a matter of, I don't believe he's old enough to. It's a matter of, there's some things we need to do in our house before we get there. And this young man at 14, who I love today, said to me, I respect that. Thank you. Done. We were done. But he needed the discussion. He needed to have the discussion. He didn't come for Roby. Roby didn't say, go talk to my dad. Roby got it. But this guy was spending the night at my house and asked a question. What you said is perfect, Ruthie. We need to permit the discussion rather than just, here's the rules, obey them. Help me with the why. Because they'll Google anything and find out that there's a million other ways of thinking too. So if we can't talk about it. (laughs) Our life is to honor God, period. We just want to honor God. And so in honoring God, because he knows the plans he has for me, and they're great, they're plans to bless me, not to harm me. So along the way, I need to keep pointing my children to their father, not their dad. And teaching them so that when they leave, they ha- they're they not leaving. They have a father. I need to be passing the baton to them. There are some things you can do to make parenting more difficult. This is the biggie. Don't teach your children to have a relationship with Christ and love Christ. They are on their own, and it's going to be difficult. You've been listening to Parenting on Purpose with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. If you want to hear today's program again, or the the entire series, maybe you missed one earlier this week, you can find it online at parentingonpurpose.org. Every program comes with a blog that you can sign up to get automatically as well. So it's a great combination that you'll find on that website. To find out more about Sheridan House Family Ministries, the Children's Homes Counseling Center, and a lot of resources to help you in your marriage and your parenting journey, go to shfm.org. We hope you join us next week. We'll be covering another topic on Parenting on Purpose.